Hello everyone, welcome to episode 11 of Manage the Wild. I'm Nick Madsen. Today we're going to be talking about conservation, uh, conservation planning across the world, uh, extinction vortex, and just all the things that go into endangered species. And it's just a, a topic that's been on my mind lately as I've flipped through some of my things, thinking about the amount of effort that goes in to saving a single species at what cost is that effort going into that species and at the detriment of what others. And what got me thinking about this is I came across a graph talking about the extinction vortex. And it talks about the beginning factors of the extinction vortex, habitats, destruction, pollu uh, pollution, overharvest, invasive species, Think about all the different species that are facing lower numbers as time goes on and as there's a more development and as a changing landscape is happening. Uh, we can talk about sage grouse or ocelots or other species. And what you'll find in those species is a few things. They're normally small populations and most of the time they're isolated. And once they become very small and very isolated, then you start to see inbreeding. And there's a reduction in genetic variability. So their overall health of the each individual starts to decline. Uh, think about a population of cougars in Florida. That population was very isolated and they started to see those individuals develop a kink in their tail because of inbreeding and their genetic fitness overall declined. And once you start developing those uh, detrimental genes in a population, overall fitness of the population as well as the individuals decrease. Then you have like en environmental issues that can now play a larger factor in these smaller populations and demographic issues as well as they become more isolated. Uh, it doesn't take very much of a catastrophe to exacerbate the issues. And then you just keep repeating. The population gets smaller, the habitat destruction increases, then there's over harvest, whether they're hit by cars or actual hunting or poachers or whatever the case may be. Uh, another species starts to fill in that niche that they once occupied and overall the population goes down and down until they're extinct. So what you see is individuals and governments and other um, different types of groups trying to work to save those individuals and to save those small to save those small populations, those species that are on the verge. But the challenge that they're going to face is it's very difficult to create the type of change, the dramatic change that you need, because obviously something has caused their decline, whether it was over harvest or habitat destruction. Not only are you going to have to stop it, but you're going to have to completely reverse what you've been doing. And in this landscape where it's all about development and very few of these conservation sites are set aside for the protection of wildlife, 
what you're going to see is is just almost astronomically difficult to do. Here's a quote from a, a book I was reading from. A remarkable examination of species occurrence recorded in some 100 time series from all over the world documented roughly 10% turnover in species composition per decade. So what this means is that over a person's lifetime in any given area, on average, at least half of all the species will be switched out and replaced by a different species. So when you're talking about conservation planning in a changing world, it's just there's so much going on, so much happening. Species are being moved around constantly all the time that it is virtually impossible to have a plan that's set in stone. The other thing that is very interesting is we start identifying areas where these species that are endangered where they live, we designate them critical habitat. And critical habitat is that area that contains physical or other biological features that that species needs. And we call it critical habitat. And we start to focus in on that one species. And what we do is we put all the other species to the side because we're so focused on the one that it may bring down the other. I'm not advocating one way or another. Uh, to me, it's just a sad situation that we find ourselves in. But what I do want you to think about is, do we completely disregard all the other species just to focus on the one? Or can we focus on all the species and bring up the one? Is that a possibility? I don't know if it is. But it's kind of an interesting thought. So as you're thinking about these animals that are on the edge or potential for being on the edge, think about the extinct viral or the extinction vortex uh, as it continues to rotate. It's not rotating in a positive direction for most of these guys. It's, it's going, in fact, the complete opposite. There are factors within their life cycle that don't coincide with today's times, whether it's small clutch size in sage grouse and very specific demands from habitat or just their inability to deal with the amount of predation or invasive species that we have brought in, the predation from cats, dogs, rats, or the invasive species, whatever they may be. Think about all of those things and uh, hopefully we'll start to, as we focus more on these things, we'll be able to figure things out. But uh, stay wild and have a great day.